This is Crowdfunding Uncut, the place where creators and entrepreneurs come to learn how to launch a successful crowdfunding campaign. Here's your host, Kirsten Ross. I want to take a second to thank Gadgetflow for sponsoring this episode. Guys, if you are looking for an awesome platform to get your crowdfunding project in front of over 25 million people per month, you should absolutely check them out. They are the third largest Indiegogo partner and listed on Kickstarter as experts. And not to mention, they've worked with over 4,000 crowdfunding projects since 2012. Their platform also now supports AR and VR, which I thought was a really cool add-on. To find out more, you should definitely head over to thegadgetflow.com slash submit to list your crowdfunding project today, but be sure to use coupon code UNCUT10 to get 10% off your services with them. Hey everyone, welcome to another episode of Crowdfunding Uncut. I'm really surprised it took me 116 episodes to get this guy on the podcast, but um, the whole reason that I am an entrepreneur serving startups today um, is because of this man. Chris Thompson um, runs a multi-million dollar um, house painting franchise for students, essentially, out of Eastern Canada. And it's a brand that does over $17 million a year in revenue um, across Canada. And I think, like, Chris and I have been trying to connect to get on a podcast interview for a long time. And it's, I think it's really important to um, bring offline companies to the podcast and, and just to see what are some aspects of um, what are real leaders, real CEOs that are running multi-million dollar companies, what are some things that they do in their company that a lot of us online brands can really relate to and resonate with and, and apply? And um, when I was thinking of what to bring Chris onto the podcast for, because we could talk for hours about how valuable the experience of like just entrepreneurship and why it's so important for the economy and and being able to set yourself up in life to live on your terms and, and all the things like I really want to focus this conversation on what Chris has been able to build offline through student works and really um, I guess selfishly too it's going to give you a really good um, view into me and like what I was doing and why I am the entrepreneur today because of the experience I had early on so like Chris I'm just really honored and excited to have you on the show I think it's long overdue, but we're here finally. Well, fantastic. Well, Kirsten, I'm super psyched to be here. Um, and uh, one of the things I, I like to sort of think of our alumni is, is that we're all in the same pod uh, and we're all sort of working on you know, big, a big space that we, we work on really is leadership. And, and, and how do we, um, one of the things that people come to our organization is, is, is to learn to be better leaders. And they're excited about their leadership and their opportunity to be leaders. And, and we have a, an amazing group of alumni, uh, and alumnus, and, and like yourself, people going out in the world and really doing amazing things and really creating, um, you know, unique businesses or being involved in businesses or being involved in, in, in different activities that are really making a difference in the world. And uh, it's, it's great to connect with you this afternoon. Yeah. So I think let's, um, as we know, I don't script these these conversations, um, I think for a lot of people, they have never heard of this experience or why it's valuable. So I'm going to talk about um, what got me into the program and what I took away from it, just so they have an understanding of what it is. And then if after that, you could just take over to um, what your role is with the company, how you got started with it, and what it's turned into in the many years you've been a part of it. Um, so in university, I was a biochem major, as you guys know. Um, 
I was recruited out of my second year of university to run a company through Student Works. And um, at first, it sounded like an awful idea. But when you got into the business model, here is this this company run by Chris Thompson, who was offering students an opportunity to learn how to run a successful company. So they gave you a brand, they gave you a system, they gave you a model just to step into. And what you had to do was learn how to put a business plan together and market and sell uh, services. And the model was a residential house painting company. So here I was over um, three years of my undergrad, I ran a painting business. So, you know, if homeowners listening, if you had a bedroom that needed to be painted or a garage or windows outside, like that's what we did. And I ended up doing like over $350,000 in revenue in my undergrad. So it was, I think for the right students, it is a crash course into entrepreneurship and it really sets you up to, to be successful and how to run teams and market and sell a business. And um, when I graduated from university, I got an opportunity, like, you know, Chris, you extended the opportunity for me to become a general manager so that I was now the one teaching these startups how to go from zero to sometimes five or six figures in revenue in a very short period of time. And um, that for me, like my whole student works journey was seven years and I learned how to create brands and companies because of the opportunity that you gave us by stepping into that franchise model. Um, so did I screw it up or is there anything else that you want to <laughs> add about like what student works is that people may not be getting from this? Yeah, no, I think you did a great job of explaining it. You know, we're really, um, you know, uh, we're really in the, the, the business of, painting people's homes. And now we actually do, we have a whole window cleaning business as well for, for homeowners across Eastern Canada. But we, the, the biggest thing is that we do is that sort of the, the methodology or the thing that funds it. What we're really in and about is, is, is developing the next great generation of Canadian business leaders and, and learning how to market and sell and manage and manage profitability and, and, um, and, and, you know, how to cope with time management and how to, how to, how to manage all those things that, that people typically are taking on in their twenties and thirties and forties, uh, that these, these students are taking on, you know, as teenagers. And, uh, um, you know, the biggest thing that really makes it work is that we just find so many amazing people, uh, you know, in the business that, you know, that, because we ask so much of them, uh, during their university, they're working, you know, 20 to 25 hours a week around full-time school, and they're working 60 to 80 to 90 to 100 hours a week during their, 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 their certainly the first part of their summers. So these are really, really um, big, big people really looking to do amazing things in their lives. And uh, we've got this great team of people around them, like Kirsten was a number of years ago, our district manager and general manager team who support and recruit and, and coach these, uh, these amazing students. And what was your start with, the, and I'm asking this because I obviously, I know what your story is, but for those sure. listening, they, they don't, like how, how did you get started well, with student works and. Well, I was, I got started in the, it's actually the fourth year. So the first year they had one person, the second year they had two, and then they had six. And then I joined And that year. I think we had about 25 and then the next year, 45, and then it really, really scaled. Um, and we went across North America, and um, I, I, I developed 
Um, after three years of operating, I developed into a general manager, and then I got the opportunity to buy in as a uh, as a partner, and then later on, I got the opportunity to buy the, the rights to Eastern Canada, and I've been doing this um, really since 1984, and as a partner since 1989, and uh, owned the business outright since 1993 uh, with my, my my partner and wife. And I'm curious, like, why at the time were you not considering just dominating all of Canada? Because I know now West and East are split, but like, did you have ever have a chance to buy into West? Yeah. So what ended up happening was um, uh, the our, our partner, um, uh, the original. Uh, you know, there were two founding partners, uh, but but one of the original they they split up and. Um, Basically, there were some expansion issues when they expanded the states. Uh, we lost some money. Some expansions didn't go well. Um, you know, uh, you know, could get into it. I don't think it's that 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 valuable for the podcast. And then there were people operating businesses in Western Canada, in California, um, uh, Michigan, and there's some other markets. And what ended up happening was was my my partner and I sold off those businesses to the players in those areas. And so we, we bought the businesses over time. And so Andrew Britton, who owned the West, uh, took over that business um, uh, it, because he was running that business. So that's what happened. That makes sense. And I think what you guys have done, because I've, you know, I left the company five years ago, four, something like that. And one thing I've right. really um, noticed, even just coming back to the trainings that you're doing now, I've noticed that like any business, you get a lot better at it. And I think it'd be very easy for you to just treat this like just what it is, a painting company, right? And focusing on just getting your guys to sell a ton of work and focusing on the front end product. But really what your product is, is the entrepreneur. And I think what you guys have done a really good job over time with is actually shifting your focus to a larger vision, focus for what your brand is. Like when you're you don't go to university saying we're going to teach you how to run a painting company. Like you, see, no. you essentially taken a step back and look at the ethos of what your brand that you really want to develop and your mission. And you've been able to really make it something amazing. And I think that a lot of um, first time brands that start, they're so product focused. Um, they don't focus on what the person is and, how to serve that person. I think you guys have done a, like a very good job to shift your focus from product to that person. And I'm curious, like over the last few years, I know you get so much better what you what you guys do and more effective and, and you've in- integrated leadership training and just a higher level to really develop these guys as entrepreneurs. Like, can you tell me a bit about that journey and why you're making more of a shift to focus on the entrepreneur versus just the front end product? Yeah. So, so I think, I think the biggest thing um, is that uh, when I got started, I remember in 1984 sitting in a, a bar just down the street from the office at a payroll event, you know, a team, a group of probably about a dozen operators. And I was sitting there going, Oh my gosh, like you are all going to be so successful because the things you're doing so much younger than everybody else and the learning that you're having and the network that you're building and, and you know, who you're becoming way ahead of your peers. This is just incredible. And, you know, 
um, those those at the at the at the, uh, the bar, as I recall, said, you know, Chris, just chill, man. <laughs> you know, just relax. And but that's who I saw this business becoming, or or what I saw this business becoming. And so it was always in the model, but it just became more and more significant, more and more real for me. And I think one of the big reasons why is is because over time the benefits of running the program just became clearer and clearer. Like we have this incredible list of alumni, you know, 50, you know, entrepreneurs, 50 best privately managed firms in Canada, you know, senior VP at KPMG, um, um, you know, uh, the COO of MLSC, um, you know, all sorts of incredible entrepreneurs who have gone on and done this business and serial entrepreneurs. And, and then people, coming and reaching out to me and saying, Chris, this really made an enormous difference in my life. And uh, so, so that just made us more and more put it out, out front. And now as part of the learning curriculum in our program, we, we have, we will have alumni come into our, our events and, and speak and share. And here's what I got out of the program. And this is what I learned. And this is, this is what was really uh, real for me. And, so, so I think it just is, is kind of the, the whole loops closed. Um, and so, you know, one of the things that a lot of people are surprised is, you know, how can you be so motivated by something you've been doing for 30 years uh, or over 30 years, I guess it's coming into 35. And the reason is, is because it is just so um, life defining and it's, it's made such an impact in people's lives that it's hard not to feel really motivated by it. And people have, you know, shared with me just, just what an enormous impact. I know just a, a Facebook post the other day, someone posted, you know, someone was canvassing on their door in Georgetown and they posted that, uh, that they were excited and going to have, have the group in. And then some other people who I hadn't heard from in 15 and 20 years, you know, sort of posted and, and, uh, oh yeah, I made such a difference, et cetera. And, uh, so it's, it's been, it's been really, really powerful. That's that. I think that's the big reason. I think I've like, I've noticed that myself, like, um, and I'm going to try to make a point here. So my brand, <laughs> um, my product is crowdfunding launches and it's fun, but it took me 18 months to start to see the other side of a crowdfunding launch where it's not about the launch. It's about building brands and companies. And I find that I be, as time went on, I became way more sold and into defining my vision that gave me fuel and more confidence to push a very specific marketing angle and to be blunt about who we look for and what the development opportunity is and stuff. But at the very beginning, I think that a lot, even like speaking to product entrepreneurs or any, anyone who like has something that they want to bring online, like they are so focused on that front end. And when we start talking about vision, they're like, well, I don't know. And it takes them a long time to figure out like why they're passionate about it. And I wonder if it's because they need to see the life cycle of like, let's just say you have a health food product. Okay. So you're selling Uh, something that will literally make you feel amazing every morning. But to them, it's just like a supplement. But when they get enough testimonials coming back for someone saying, you literally changed my life, you got me out of depression, you got this and this and this, it's like after 12 to 18 months of that is when they start to really get buy-in for their company and start to craft their vision based on feedback they get. But I'm wondering if there's a way, um, maybe you could speak to this, where there's a way where 
we can help people realize their vision a lot sooner with what their passion is. Because, like, you know, I, I know you guys do so much development on that with your operators. When they first walk in that door, like, you are priming them to become the next general manager. So what do you do with your development of entrepreneurs early on to help them get to see the bigger picture with stuff? Because I find it's really, really lacking in, at least with the entrepreneurs that I speak to. Yeah. Well, well, um, you know, first of all, I think, I think really what you're, you're speaking to is, is the whole idea of, you know, you've got to start with why, you know, Simon Sinek, right? And why am I doing this? And then when we have a big why, when we have a big purpose, then it, it makes it easier to get out of bed in the morning or not even easier. It's exciting to get out of bed in the morning. I find it exciting to get out of bed in the morning and it go make an impact and go contribute and, and have a really big positive impact in the world. And so one of the things that we do, we actually have this whole, whole process that actually we have our, you know, and, 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 and some people tell us, wow, you're just way ahead and they're not ready for this and all this sort of stuff. And, and our feeling is, well, maybe, maybe it is a little mature. Maybe they're not all ready for this, but a whole bunch of them are. And what they're doing is they're actually looking at what are their values, you know, and, you know, we're trying to get to, you know, really, why are they running this business? What reason is it? You know, and we try to get them connecting again to their employees, connecting to their, to their, to their future customers, maybe connecting to their future selves. This is what they want to do. They want to run a great veterinarian clinic or be a doctor or be a, a, a business leader or whatever it is. And they're, they're going, these skills that I'm going to learn are going to really make a huge difference in, 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 in my life. Um, and how I can contribute down the road. Because again, if we've got that big why, then it's easy to go and do the things that we don't, we don't want to do. You know, as I say, I used to be an elite competitive athlete. Well, you know, there's certainly a part of you that doesn't want to go in and work really hard so that you hurt and are in pain, right. As a swimmer or a weightlifter or a hockey player or whatever it is. And, and, but you're not going to get medals unless you do, mm-hmm. you know, it's just not going to happen. And so it's the same thing in business. There are things in your business. And a lot of that is around acquiring leads, acquiring customers, you know, wow, I got to go call people. I don't feel like calling people. I'm not feeling good. I won't call people. Well, that's not, that's not, you know, leading to success. Mm-hmm. So when you've got that, why, when you've got that excitement and then as well, we were as, as you've done in your business, you see the value that you're creating. So it's easy. Oh, wow, this is great. And when you're calling, here's all the value that I've created. The, here are the products that, 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 that I help, help get started. And there's a real uh, intense excitement and understanding and joy for doing that work. Uh, so that's, that's, that's how I would sort of start is, is what are people's whys? What are people's reasons? And you want to create a lot of them. Um, and, uh, and, and, and don't hold back. And, and again, you've got to have people around you who support you and see you for the great person you are, you know, not, um, not the person you, you, you think you are when you're feeling down on yourself. Cause that's, that's just the, the normal human condition sometimes. Yeah. I mean, just to, um, I want to shift to the leadership talk in a second, but I just want to, to end this segment of the, sure. what, whatever episode thingy this is, um, is that you've, what allows people to stick with your organization for year after year? Why homeowners hire inexperienced students compared to other like professional services. It could be like for, like, I don't know, whatever. Um, 
But what they're getting is they're getting great value. They're getting a great ethos. They're getting a great brand. And they you get people that are really bought into not the product, they're really bought into the mission and the value system that you have created with this brand. And I think it's really important to understand that when you, anyone's looking at doing a brand launch or bringing their product online, that if you want to know what gives companies traction, it's focusing on what the person wants and who the person is that you're serving. And I think that because of your focus, Chris, within Student Works, that has what has made you guys very successful and scaled incredibly over the years with that. So just food for thought. Yeah, no, well, I think, uh, I think, uh, I think you're really, really uh, correct, uh, you know, around that, um, you know, you know, Kirsten and, and, you know, it's, it's, it's one of the things that also developed in our business. And I think as well, just speaks to who we are as a, as a, as a company and then attaches to our customers. I really believe a lot of our customers are buying us and not to say we're not going to do an amazing job and service, et cetera, but a huge piece is they're buying what the vision is, helping Canadian business leaders and, 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 and helping these young entrepreneurs and helping fund their school. And those things really make them feel excited. And one of the other things that we did, and, it, and this came out of just some young people in our business saying, hey, we should be able to do more. What else can we do? At the time, we were just doing paint charity, charity paints for people. And we started to donate money to uh, the MS Society. And since that time across Canada, we've raised over one point, uh, this, this summer will be over $1.3 million for MS. And, and, and that's just through all these amazing university students. And I believe that our clients see this and go, wow, is that ever amazing? And it is. And it's not just so everyone's here. It's not like, oh, wow, I'm amazing. No, <laughs> it's these incredible students are so amazing, so generous, so, so, so committed, um, and see that this is a, an incredible cause to go give to. Yeah. And for sure. Like, I, I love that element of the brand. Um, right. So Chris, obviously you're a good leader. Um, you don't, seem to take a lot of credit for what you've built. You always speak in terms of what the organization has done, which is um, a sign of a great leader. Um, but what to you feel leadership is a term that is thrown around a lot. Um, what does it right. mean for you to be a good leader? Hmm. Well, that's just so heavy. There's so, there's so much to leadership. And, and for me, it's, it's definitely something that um, like anything that you spend your lifetime doing, the more and more you do it, the more and more you, you find you, 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 you know, yourself lacking and not in a bad way, but just, there's so much more opportunity. So, so for me, I guess, you know, first of all, I consider leadership, I guess, probably one of my methodologies would be really being a, a servant leader, you know, and really looking to sort of see how I can, how I can, you know, help my team, you know, and again, kind of be out in front of my team. One of the things I, I like to sort of coach around leadership is if we really think um, like we're in our, in conversations all the time and it's about making money, something's wrong. Like something's just so not human about that. Okay. And so if instead like I wake up every morning and I'm thinking about how can I support my university students to make more money, to run a better business, to serve their customers better. Okay. That's how, how it is. Now I know in doing that, ultimately our business will be more successful and obviously I'll be more successful, but the space I sit is how can I serve my customer? 
and my customers are the, those university entrepreneurs. And so that just seems like such a great space as a leader to sit in, you know, and just like, you know, why am I, why am I spending this time with, with Kirsten? Well, Kirsten for gosh, you know, I think we worked together for at least five years. I know you also worked in Western Canada for a couple of years. You know, you've been such a contribution to me. So again, why wouldn't I want to have an opportunity to go contribute to you and your business and your, your customers? So, so it's just, instead of, oh, wow, there's some payment being passed back and forth. It just cheapens everything. Um, and instead, if we think about value, think about how we can offer value, um, I think that's, that's a way better space to be leaders in our communities. Uh, so I have like, I swear I still have the DM systems memorized. And the first thing that <laughs> came to mind was when the four relationship, va- or the, no, Four core values. Yeah, four affordability habits. Relationships are everything, and it's uh, it's funny you just said like we can't look at people like a transaction with ultimately what we want because you're building more value by focusing on a pay it forward first model, which is like that's the number one rule of networking is just don't. So I'm just throwing around random stuff at this point, but the the rule of networking is you really want to see and listen and see how you can provide value to other people because ultimately that's yeah. how you build a true relationship and become the guy that people want to help, right? Absolutely. Um, how would you say, because you know, you're a big networker yourself, like how would you say yeah. you can apply that pay it forward rule um, differently in a leadership capacity versus networking? Like h- how do you actually do it? Um, how do we actually do it? Well, I think one of the things is, is, you know, we're, it's actually true. (laughs) Like that's, that's the most important thing is it's actually true. That's how I go to market is I'm actually looking to, first of all, get connected with people who believe in what we believe in, who actually get aligned with our values and want to go and create and become a great Canadian business leader. That's first of all. And so then how can we go and help make that happen through painting homes, cleaning windows? And so, so first of all, when there's real alignment with the people you're recruiting and that they're seeing what you're trying to do and they're going, wow, give me some of that. And then that's what you're actually doing for them. Then you're way, way, way more likely to have raving fans and people are really happy with what you're contributing and what you're doing. And not to say that, you know, we, 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 we only have raving fans, of course not, but we have a, a whole group of real raving fans in our business because we really are trying to share who we are, share what we're about and really try to attract those, those people who are like us. So it's like, we're speaking with us. <laughs> um, yeah. and, uh, and then it's, then it's, then it's just, it's, it's great. There's just a, you know, uh, this amazing culture, amazing vibe, you know, and, and people, you know, our, our group of students struggle with working too hard. We coach them how not to work so hard. We coach them with life balance. We coach them with, you know, no, it's okay. You know, stop working, you know, like literally there's a whole group of our top performers who are like that. They're just so driven. And, uh, and again, where would they find that? You know, it's hard to find people like that. Um, but, but, um, you know, those, those are the types of people we attract and then we help coach them to try to have more full lives, to try to have again, more, more, uh, more success because actually that is more successful when I'm, you know, not working myself and getting sick all the time because I'm working too hard. Right. So, you know, people listening to this, they're either, um, 
just starting from nothing, or I think this episode is going to weed out more of the people that, uh, sort of bring up more of the people that have five to seven employees and up. For any business right now that is just starting and is not, they, they, maybe the entrepreneur leading it isn't a natural leader and they're looking for more of a system for how they can actually get started to implement what you do so naturally. Where would be a good spot to start if you're currently not doing the the serving model with your employees? Like, where's a good spot to start with that? Well, yeah, like, so I think the biggest thing is, is I think about leadership is you need to be who you are. So this is who I am. And so then every day I go to work and who I am, I'm, when I'm at home, I'm who I am when I'm, you know, so this is who I am. So it's not hard for me to be who I am. Um, uh, so I think a big part of it is, is authentically figuring out who you are and being, being okay with that. Um, like there's some leaders who are really, really driven and focused and, and sometimes really, really hard, hard on their staff and hard on their people. Well, one of the keys, if, if, I was someone like that is find someone who, who would be really, um, you know, comforting and warm and, 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 a, and a more of a people person to be your partner so that, or, or, or sort of a second in command so that you could support that, that, you know, sometimes maybe pushing too hard part of you. Okay. Because if we have a, a better understanding of who we are authentically, then we can, we can find the ways to, um, to, to be the most successful we can be because, because remember we all work best in teams because we're not great at everything. You know, there's three or four things I spend most of my time doing. I'm really, really good at those things. And over the years I've spent less and less time doing other things. And there's other people in my business, my partner, especially who do these things that really, really excel at them. And they, they built an infrastructure that supports that. Um, so, you know, to me, um, that's really what I would focus on in starting my business is going, okay, what skills don't I have? Who can I go and hire or who can I partner with or who can I subcontract with to have them come and, you know, uh, flesh my skill set out. But, uh, the, the, the most important thing is, is really doing what you're great at, you know, as a leader or just again, creating value in the world. Kirsten, did I lose you? Sorry, I was muted. Oh. <laughs> I started oh, okay. talking and then um, <laughs> I was going, well, I was saying that you mentioned to be a better leader, you really need to become self-aware and be, um, really understand yourself. Is there yes. one area of personal development in your life, like in 360 view of Chris, um, that has made a larger impact than focusing on other areas? Like, would it be um, focus on the wealth, focus on the finances, focus on your health relationships? Like, you know, what would you say is that one area that has had the most impact as your effectiveness well, on a leader? I would say personal development, you know, so, so, you know, to me, to me, uh, you know, as a leader, um, to become a successful leader, to me, I think the most important thing is understanding yourself, understanding what makes yourself tick, understanding your weaknesses, your strengths, your gifts, your your um, your challenges. And so, you know, uh, I spent an enormous amount of money, sorry, invested an enormous amount of money in my personal development. Um, you know, and 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 again, 
reading lots of books, doing a lot of amazing, uh, uh, you know, personal development programs that I, you know, you know, one record education is one that I would really highly recommend. Um, and, and really, uh, going to work on yourself about how you, um, you know, you can be the, the best you can be, you know, is, is really no other way of, of, of saying it. Uh, but that's, that's, that's probably the, the, the most important, um, part about, about, you know, to me becoming a leader now, now again, I guess, you know, if you're, if you, you know, really, if I wasn't willing to work hard, if I wasn't willing to improve my habits, so I I'm learning all sorts of things, but I'm actually not doing it. I'm actually not working hard. If I'm not creating value, then obviously personal development won't work. So being in action the world bends to those people who are in action, Kirsten, as you know. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so that's, that's, that's obviously the big thing. So for resources, yeah, I'll definitely second Landmark for your mm-hmm. number one resource you recommend. So Landmark Forum, I'll yeah. put a link to that in the show notes. Um, but Chris, what would you say is the, like, the most impactful book you've ever read in terms of shifting your mindset around personal development? Gosh, I'm 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 in my office and I'm looking at you know hundreds of books. Um, oh, the most important. Why don't <laughs> Why don't I Why don't I Why don't I do you know? First of all, I love Anthony Robbins, so certainly uh, you know I think I think that's made an enormous enormous difference. You know, I'm a huge believer in Dan Sullivan, the Strategic Coach uh, Program. Uh, he he runs one of the best entrepreneurial organizations in the world. I spent a number of years. Um, I think six years in that, in that program. Uh, so those are, those are, you know, two and they've written books and they have programs and they have courses. Those are, those are two, two things. And they've got great websites and great, uh, free, uh, information as well for people to go and look at. So those are, those are probably the, 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 the two big, the two big ones, you know, Stephen Covey, seven habits of highly effective people. I know that's an older book, um, but I love, I love, I love that. Um, so, so there's just, um, you know, you stayed with me. I could keep naming more and more books that made enormous, enormous impact on my life and on how I think. And, and then they just become habits, you know, like that's one of the big things I've really loved, you know, focused on in my life is, is, you know, those things I used to struggle with in my twenties, I no longer struggle with because now I have habits that just support that, that I just, that, okay that doesn't get in my way anymore because there's just a, a, a structure in place that, that just eliminates what used to happen because I have a habit around sorting that out, you know, have it around keeping notes, have it around keeping track of things. I've got to have it around, you know, all sorts of different things that, that support me personally. And then in our business, we have all sorts of structures and systems that again, support the business so that we can deliver results consistently. Yeah. And of course this is, I think personal development is not something like you just pick up a book it is yeah. a practice. You need to start yeah. making it a part of your daily routine, really. Um, yeah, and and I'm a big believer as well that you know one of the the best things is is just you know who you're spending your time with. You know, yeah. you, you will become the average of the five people you spend the most time with, and and so 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 you know, creating a network, working on developing people who, who are in your pod, who are, who are, who are doing similar things to you, who are wanting to create similar things to you is just a great way of, um, of making, making your life better Mm -hmm. and helping make other people's lives better. Um, 
And, uh, and, and, you know, people are, people are respond to people who go and say, Hey, I'd love to, love to connect. Do you want to go for a coffee? Do you want to meet? I like what you're doing. You know, I think, I think it's, it's, it's really just going out and being, being, um, you know, being assertive and having conversations with people. And it really, really makes an impact. That's been an enormous impact for me over the last, uh, uh number of decades. And I will second that. I don't know where I'd be today if it weren't for like my relationships with say locally Jay Wong, um, or other people I've just met through the program and, you know, other endeavors as well. But right. It's, uh, it's so important just to get out of your head sometimes. And like, there are other resources. Cause like Chris, I can come to you and say, I'm struggling with this. And you could say, yeah. well, this thing really helped me. Um, Absolutely. it's just collective knowledge at that point. Right. Exactly. So, well, this has been awesome. Um, I'm going to wrap it up with my last question, which is, do you have any famous last words for starter entrepreneurs that may not have had the student works experience? Wow. Famous last words. Well, uh, you know, again, I think, I think the, the big thing, you know, for me, you know, as, as, as a, you know, starting entrepreneur, because I started a number of businesses is, um, is, I guess if you've already started it, you know, uh, you know, trust yourself, you know, and, and the biggest thing is be in action, you know, just, just, you know, the, you know, like be in action, you'll just learn more by going out and, you know, if you're speaking with 10 people today, speak with 20, speaking with 20, speak with 40, you know, just, just, you know, increase the activity level that you have and you'll be just incredibly surprised at just what, um, you can create and, and also, I think oh, there's, there's, there's sometimes as well a piece around, you know, am I worth it? Is this worth it? All those sorts of things, you know, connect with people so that you can really see the, again, the service that you're bringing to the market, the products that you're bringing to the market, that you're reminding yourself, wow, customers really like this. I'm, I, you know, my, what, how I provide my services are really good and people like this, you know, and, you know, really uh, supporting your efforts with, here's all my happy customers. It really is a great practice because one of the things about starting out as an entrepreneur, it's lonely, you know, it's, it's, it's challenging. And then maybe someone's unhappy and you focus on that. You know, I know the small percentage of people are unhappy with your product or service instead of all the people who you can really make a difference with. And so, so I think that's something is just, just again, um, uh, coach yourself as you'd want to be coached, right? You know, provide some support. Hey, recognize all the good things that you're doing and, and, uh, you know, you know, go for it. That's, that's, that, those are my last words. <laughs> I love those words. <laughs> all right, Chris, this has been awesome. Thanks again for coming on the show. Hey, you're very welcome. My pleasure and, uh, continued success, Kirsten. Thank you. All right, guys, you okay. know, oh, uh, outro. You guys already know what to do. If you are considering crowdfunding or you know you want to do it, um, head over to crowdfundinguncut.com. We have both the 10-day challenge that's starting up in a few weeks and a free field guide for resources. So check those out, crowdfundinguncut.com, and we will see you next week. Are you launching a product on either Kickstarter or Shopify and you're feeling completely overwhelmed with the process? Hi there, my name is Kirsten, the CEO of Launch and Scale. To date, we've helped several online sellers sell millions of dollars online and scale their business from zero to seven figures by focusing on building an audience of fans that will actually convert into paying customers. If you're serious about building a seven-figure e-commerce brand with less time and less risk, you should check out our product launch pad. PLP is a proven accelerator that takes you step-by-step through the process of launching and 
scaling your product brand. Brands like the Monk Manual, Aberlite, Series Chill, Jamstack, and several others were all launched using our product launchpad. So if you'd like to be our next success story, go to launchandscale.co slash PLP to learn more. And for a limited time, we're offering a seven-day trial of the product launchpad for only $1. Again, go to launchandscale.co slash PLP to learn more.